glad that the serpent ate it and not Vivacious. <laughs> She's at least has. Like, please don't some reach out to others. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it says something that we all thought. Is she gonna reach out and grab that and eat it? Oh, for sure. There is. There's a split second where I'm like, ooh. <laughs> there was fear. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 26, Mad Ship, chapters 1 through 5, and apparently there's a prologue as well. News to me. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm Rachel, and I'm a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, I'm a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. Correctures, omissions, and announcements. No breaks. We're going straight into Mad Ship. And I, I don't know. We got we got a good email from Jack in our in our couple yeah, days break. We did. That was really sweet. Yeah, I liked it. I like Yeah, thanks, Jack. And, and I could read it all. Elena wants to know what part of Texas, Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> That just made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> also, I wanted to point out, I was I looked it up, and Madship came out in November of 1998, and Ship of Magic came out in January of 1998. So there's only 10 months in between the release of these two books. And this book is like 800 and some pages long. I wouldn't know because the Kindle edition doesn't have fucking page numbers, <laughs> but I looked it up. <laughs> Some people write faster than others. She's like a, a writing machine. That's crazy town. It's like Sanderson levels. Yeah, actually, if you go to the uh, if you go to the Reddit, um, there is a popular post that kind of like stays up in the stream. That is. Uh, it like graphs out the length of all of like the major epic fantasy novels. Yes, series. I saw that. And hers is like the second. It's the second to. It's the only one that's longer. I think is Wheel of Time. No, no, it's longer than Wheel of Time. This is more. Books no, than Wheel of Time. let I me look. Feel at like it. I thought Wheel of Time was longer. Let's. I'm just gonna look it up. Hold on. We'll just pull it up. Page numbers, but this has more books. Right. You mean like the total length of all of her works in this world? Or do you mean, like... It's the, the Realm of the Elderlings series. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna find it. Please hold. Good, because we have lots to say. I... Of course, now that I'm saying... it's It's been up on the thread. It's not anymore. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> It makes it hair, okay. Hair. The only one, actually, yeah, the only one that is technically longer because it's by page number is Wheel of Time. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Other things could be longer if those people chose to actually write them. It looks like Shannara. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, it looks like it's Shannara never gonna is, happen. Is like around the same length. I don't know that that one's technically over. I think he just published the last one. So if Robin keeps writing, she's gonna she's gonna kick that to the curb but like there everything's on here the dresden files Discworld, dark tower the king killer chronicles dune is on here 
Um, so yeah, it's it's real long. It's just over four million pages. Six pages? <laughs> oh god! Six pages? Are you serious? I'm sorry. This is not even halfway no, through. No, it's word count, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, that can't be possible. We're gonna be reading like four million pages. We're gonna die. I saw my life flash before my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, we gotta read this. I will literally this never finish this. Garbage. <laughs> It's word, it's word count. Word count. Okay. Full okay. panic mode for every single one of us. <laughs> yes. As I should have known, because the title of the post is Word Count of Popular Fiction <laughs> Series. Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, oh so God. when was the most recent work in this series written? Because you said that she, if she continues to write. Uh, 2017 uh, was published. Yeah. Oh, that recently. Okay. Yeah. There was a bit of a break between the Tawny Man trilogy and the Fits and the Fool trilogy. Uh, when did she write Rainwilds, though? Well, I think Rainwild. Uh, so I have a little date on if you go to our website at Buckheap Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's on my website. It's fine. <laughs> and you navigate to the tab. That says extras. <laughs> Keep talking. You, you sound see... like me at work. It's so funny because I didn't know this existed at all. You will see our reading order has uh, the publishing dates on them. So. Oh. Well, hot damn, you think of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, she wrote the Rainwald Chronicles between the Tawny Man and uh, Fitz and the Fool. That's what I so thought. There wasn't, she really hasn't taken any breaks. Since the mid nineties, she's a fucking machine. Yeah, get it, girl. Why can't I do this on mobile? That's dumb. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you do. I you have you. all that on there. Good for you. <laughs> I believe you. I just can't get to it on my phone. There we go. Oh man, I forgot there were pictures of us. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, dear. oh, oh no! Dear. Wait, what? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> my picture is fab. I just had my hair blown out. I never wear my hair straight. <laughs> I forget Sometimes. what picture I. Now I can never. Eli, look. your photo is amazing. Everybody's <laughs> Joey's photo. Oh my god, he looks. <laughs> That's the picture he wanted. Okay, this is also amazing. And Elena's got that mood and that hair. Girl, serving it. Oh, Jenny's is really cute too. Everybody has really good photos. <laughs> oh, that was the day I got my new glasses that I'm not even wearing. <laughs> She's blind, ladies and gentlemen. She can't see anything. Oh, no, I just I got two pairs, and those are the ones that I don't wear as much. Forever. <laughs> Eli, why did you why did you pick the disgusting gum wall as your picture? <laughs> I think I probably picked it just because you hated it. Um, feel feel free to put up like my full cosplay up there or something. Oh, that's I could do. We could do all cosplay photos. I could. Oh do, God, that would look me. hideous. Oh, stop! You don't have any fits fit photos that you like? Come on. No, we had Actually, a whole photo no, like, shoot together. I like the one of of the two of us in Dragon Con. That's my favorite one. Okay. If I don't have any cosplay relevant to this series, but you can use the one of me as the tornado drinking out of a solo cup, please. <laughs> 
it's a my tank. my favorite picture of Ashley is her trying to drink out of her uh, like Imperial Guard, her her lobster armor. It's the best one. My Praetorian Guard costume. Yes, your Praetorian I, I, Guard costume, and you can't reach, you can't quite reach the straw. It's very good. And, uh, it's uh, it got me a lot of hits on the gram. Let me tell you. <laughs> be popular. Or it could just be pictures of all of our pets. Moira, yeah. she's the cutest. I don't have a pet. That might make that might get more hits. You can do a, an artist rendering of what your pet might look like. <laughs> I would not have a pet. But it could be a pe- you I could can... have a pet rock. It doesn't have to be like a, like use your imagination. Yeah. I can't keep a plant alive. <laughs> Again, a pet rock. <laughs> how about my head how about my hedgehog stuffed animal? That counts. It's cute. You have to keep track of him. You have to make sure nothing horrible happens to him. Just hangs out with me yeah be chill makes a good pillow i don't have a pet either whiteout doesn't care that i exist okay whiteout is solely (laughs) joey's pet (laughs) you do that to yourself though because you refuse to feed her so you can't be like oh she doesn't love me well because i don't want to get you know woken up at four in the morning all right let us start uh who has the prologue i do Y'all get a lot of me this uh, this time. I'm sorry. It's going to be great. All right. <clears throat> so we start with the serpents. They are still following the live ship Vivacia, albeit slower, uh, trying to pretend like they're not. But that alluring scent of she who remembers just keeps drawing them onward. And they still can't seem to figure out why Vivacia smells like her but isn't her. So on their way through the plenty, they come upon a school of fish and it's kind of being herded around by some other serpents. So the three serpents in our tangle start feeding only to have the others like straight up attack them. And they're just kind of mindless, savage, vicious, animalistic attacks again. Uh, They fuck Malkin up pretty bad and it seems like maybe he's going to not make it out and then finally Caesarea or Cesare manages to grab him um so that they all get away and Malkin is commenting on it later they've forgotten they've forgotten completely who and what they were it's been too long they've forgotten everything and he starts to talk about how the three of them will too if too much more time passes he says this is the last time they're going to make they're going to make this journey the migration, uh, because if they go south again, they'll become like those others, just mindless beasts who no longer remember anything else, any other purpose. He says that every time they went north before and the mingling did not happen, that maybe they, you know, the ones who remembered why they had gone said maybe it was the wrong time or the wrong signal, but he thinks that actually the those they were supposed to meet did not come. And that that's what the problem was, and that's why it's been so long. That they've the serpents have been doing what they're supposed to do, and then the whoever they're supposed to meet is not showing up. So he releases some toxin, and Shriver has this vision of being something that had wings and like settled down on an arch and called to her mate, a gleaming blue dragon. And you know, as soon as the vision wears off, it sort of fades into confusion, and uh, the provider passing overhead throws them some uh some some legs and they enjoy them 
there's so much this uh, this is the first time where i was actually interested in reading about these fucking things because <laughs> one they were behaving like forged ones Ooh. yeah a and bit they took right that's like all i could think of just that mindless fend for yourself they wouldn't interact like normal serp i don't know what a normal serpent interacts like but i imagine it's <laughs> it, it seems like they're a friendly group or they should be and then also then this whole like dragon thing in the arch and when we had on the the hunting island with the dead the dragon did it die in an egg mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a bit, it. I, <laughs> I feel like this is the first time where we're seeing like progression in the storyline and like we're getting more information instead of them just like fucking dawdling around and being gross mm-hmm. right but then at the end they still eat people so it's just a toss up I mean they're hungry it's whatever <sighs> I guess I feel like you're you're watching them sort of descend into not remembering anything at all. Kind of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Malkin still remembers quite a bit and is able to share it, but you can at at the very end you see uh, Shriver is like, yeah, she just she's she wants to remember and she she gets that little vision of her as a dragon, and then oh, food. Yeah, I don't care about this anymore. I don't remember that. Just, just like, oh, give me food. Right. I mean, it's it's like you know, big themes of like the struggling against inevitability. Uh, you know, heat death of the universe. Why do we exist? Kind of nihilism versus, like, but we're alive now. Kind of thing, which I, I think that Robin Hobb seems to be a little focused on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean not I mean not as a downer I kind of framed that as a downer but like I mean it is a downer sometimes but it's also like that's the struggle of life right mm-hmm. to, as to a per- sentient being yeah, yeah to like just to to persist even though you know that it wouldn't it doesn't really matter in the end or you know personally to you right um yeah I don't I uh I'm glad they're the prologue though because are you? Because <laughs> earlier you seemed really annoyed about it. <laughs> well, I forgot there was a prologue because there wasn't. There didn't. Do, there were no prologues and epilogues in the first book, so I thought over oh, for you. Yes, there were. Yeah, there were. No, there, was a pro- was a there was a prologue. There was not there was an epilogue. Definitely a prologue. So. All right. Well, whatever. Rachel is saying no that she's glad it's the shortest book. chapter. There's <laughs> no dedication. This book is dedicated to nothing and no one, and I respect that. <laughs> she was just pissed at everybody when she put this one out. Well, it came out ten months later. She didn't have time for a dedication. <laughs> yeah, she's got to get this shit published. Enough with these she, books. <laughs> oh. Don't got time to list. She spent like a I month did, looking so up boats send... for that other dedication. I'm gonna I'm gonna send uh, a picture of the cover of my copy of Mad Ship. Ooh, in the in the do in tell. Our text chain. Yeah, there's text so chain. there's so there's many covers for this book. This one's extra. That's the dramatic. one. Yeah, this one is very dramatic. Look at him! <laughs> oh, dear. I can't see it because my the, phone is like, like a room it's away. Got scar on his. Oh, chest. the drama! His mouth is open. With it looks like his tongue is sticking out. He's like, eh. 
<laughs> so my He's like, my audio book cover basically an Althea or so, it's either Althea or Wintrow is I don't know who this is. Eli this is totally Althea. Eli, yeah. does the audiobook just describe the cover to you? No, no. There's, there's definitely so I think there. that the audiobook cover is the scene where Kenneth gets his leg bitten off. Oh god, that's it appears oh to be god. a dashing pirate <laughs> hanging from a boat while a, a serpent like checks him out from about twenty feet away. But that. That happened in the that's last book. That's literally what we're looking that at. That's what we're looking at. Book. No, that's not what we're what? looking at. It, is the dashing pirate holding a spear toward the serpent's mouth? No, the dashing is the pirate is blue. hanging off the side of a boat. Because the, the dashing pirate on ours is, is hanging a, is a woman, off a rope right in front of the figurehead. About to, like, spear a serpent. Uh, I don't, right, I don't recall any spear now. or figurehead. Maybe I'm maybe I'm dumb covers. and don't remember things very well. Oh wait, I see it. Yeah, this is Kenneth. Oh, I hope that's not Kenneth. Wait, I'm, gonna, I'm saving it <laughs> on Rachel's cover. No, no, no. I'm oh, it. I'm like I'm that is a girl. Okay. Oh, I got man. it. I got you guys. This is the important thing that we need to talk about for a very long time. My phone is too far away to confirm or deny anything you're saying. I'm right. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Alyssa's cover has like smoking hot paragon. <laughs> I'm assuming it. I mean, like, I just. Mm-hmm. I mean, Althea's hot as well. Everyone's yeah, just everyone's a sexy time. Really good looking. Oh yeah. So this mad ship one, but this didn't happen in. That happened in the last book. So why would it be? Yeah. The cover of mad ship. I don't understand. This serpent looks high as hell. He does. <laughs> he's like, yo, you got some Cheez-Its? <laughs> yeah, he's asking him a question. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm lost. Do you know if they have Cheez-Its here? <laughs> I just like that. It's it's basically the same thing that's happening as someone is hanging off the side of a ship with a stick. And yeah. Like, Fuck when you. does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and the I, serpent I, I isn't the right color. I don't know. People yeah, who do book covers don't always read the books. Right? They rarely do, in fact. <laughs> mm. All right. Anyways, moving on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's here. Better go. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh... Okay, so then I guess it's summer now, which has now has a year gone by since we started. I think yeah. So. Wait, yeah. we started a year okay. ago. Yeah. No. <laughs> the seasons in the book, Eli. Oh, I was thinking the about the podcast. Now. Um, no, that'll be in August. You said summer, but I think it's spring in the books. No, it's, it's got giant letters that says summer. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna go you leave. Can't, I'm you gonna can't go read get that in phone. the audiobook. I'm gonna get my phone. Is this why he's listening to the audiobook? Because he never learned to read. <laughs> Thirty-two, and I never learned he's to fucking kidding. read. <laughs> well, there it is. Yeah, his employer is screwed. <laughs> 
I'm gonna prove you guys is, I, I that I'm, I'm not showing my age here. All I can think is Wayne's World. And the worst <laughs> part of all, I never learned to read. <laughs> so why do you need your phone? Because right? um, the chapters are before pro- prologue. It says spring. No, but we're after the prologue Ooh. when it's summer. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Oh, it does say spring. It does say spring. Yep, there's nothing between the prologue and chapter one. So it's spring. Ha! It's spring now. What? Shit. Eli could read after all. (laughs) Oh, it is spring. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's me. I got that right. Which shows that we're related. We're like, yeah, it's correct. I never make mistakes. (laughs) I wrote it. I'm never wrong. I'm wrong like 1% of the time, so... Enjoy it while you got it, because it's not going to happen again for a while. Okay, chapter one, Alyssa. (laughs) Oh, do you ever think about boats? (laughs) All the time. Tell me more. (laughs) Can you point to the nearest harbor? (laughs) All these answers are correct. Uh, What better place to really begin the book, sorry serpents, than with the titular character of the chapter, who is also the title of the whole ass book. And luckily, if you know Robin Hobb, it's a really happy chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Paragon is not speaking to Amber, even though she offered him cooked mussels, which are delicious. (laughs) We learn that Amber went straight to Amos Ludluck to ask to buy Paragon and was refused, which Paragon is chuffed to hear. Because people still care about him somewhere, I guess. However, the Ludlucks have hired a man to tow him out of Bingtown, out of sight and out of mind. While Amber drones on about boring stuff like the argument with Amos and how dogs were set on her, Paragon is literally putting his fingers in his ears and singing la 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 to tune out her words. And he seems not to understand the gravity of a situation that he'll inevitably be chopped apart. And he says that he wouldn't mind being dead, and Amber argues that that may not actually be enough to kill him. He asks if it will hurt, and she asks in turn if it hurt when he was blinded. He says it did, and then that he doesn't remember. Amber says, quote, Sometimes not remembering is the easiest thing to do. Word. Which shattered my heart, and I couldn't keep reading. <laughs> um, Amber suggests the idea of someone speaking on his behalf before the Bingtown Council. He insists that there's no one to do this, and perhaps he deserves to be chopped up because he did kill all of those people. Then he tries to make Amber promise to burn him alive before they can chop him up, and she refuses, like, at least three times. And she promises instead to live inside his hull to protect him, and wishes she knew when Althea would return. They wouldn't respect a merchant like her meddling in Bingtown affairs, but they would listen to a traitor if Amber could ask her to speak for the two of them. And she does say us here, which is really nice. (laughs) He thinks of brash and perhaps appealing, quote, one black sheep speaking on behalf of another, but he decides not to mention it. Not important, it's not. Paragorn, Paragorn, Aragorn, (laughs) the Lord of the Rings. It's fine. (laughs) Three glasses of bourbon later. Aragorn. (laughs) Uh, Paragorn. (gasps) Oh, no. It could be his 
name now. It's fine. Go on. That means it's officially getting left in. <laughs> it's fine. Paragon touches the crudely carved seven-pointed star on his chest, and he covers it with his hand, and he describes it as branded into him. But, oop, he smells the muscles are done, and Amber offers him one, and he says, yeah, why the hell not? Might as well live a little and then die. <laughs> and... <laughs> This was a really sad chapter, so I collected all of the insults that Amber called Paragon throughout, and I think they're really <laughs> endearing and sweet. And they include hopeless twit, a sayer of fatalistic twaddle, and a child or a man. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> muscles are delicious. They are. Why do people insist on feeding the ships? <laughs> you know what, though? Does it get the memory of the muscle? Right. Um, he does say she's cooking them alive, and it's like, oh, that's ironic. I can't be cooked alive. <laughs> Someone would try. Cheerful. Very cheerful. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I think we're just, we, we, we sort of ended the last book. Uh, really focused on Vivacia. So I think this this chapter is reminding us that Paragon, you know, Paragon's here too. and Yeah. Still suicidal. Still, yeah. It's, it's different than Vivacia in a lot of ways. Still emotionally yeah. unstable. It sounds like they've sold him. Right? Uh, or it's if like... If they're going to move him to be Happening in two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His yeah. family is shysty as fuck. Just doing some under the table, take him in the middle of the night situation. Pretending to be shocked. Oh, what? <laughs> Setting dogs on people. Where could he possibly have gone? I am interested to know where they're going to take him to chop him up, though. Jamalia. Isn't that where they said in the last book they would take him? <laughs> to chop mm. him up, though? Or would they dismember him before then? I don't know. Oh. But then other ships would see him, though. Like, Well, I think that's why they have to get him away. Because obviously the live ships would be upset if they got wind of that. Right. I don't know. Although, what are they going to say? What happened to Paragon? <laughs> He's not there. <laughs> I don't know. Let's forget about it. <laughs> I don't think the live ships will forget about it. They'll just change their club rules to be, well, you know what happened to Paragon, he got taken away, and we can't let that happen to any of us. Right. Hopefully Althea can save the day, question mark? I was, yeah, I was surprised they didn't mention Althea in that conversation. They, they did. did. They did, they did. yeah. yeah. Amber said, I yeah. wish Althea was here because she could speak at the yeah. Trader Council. But the problem is, like, she's not really the best person to go and speak in front of the council because she just, like, disappeared and lost her temper and, like... Right, and she doesn't actually own the ship anymore. Right. And so she's, like, a secondary member of that family. Yeah. So she's not going to really get them the clout that they need. And neither would Brashen, though, so... Yeah, she's a better choice than Brashen, anyway. But if Althea is buddying up with all, like, cute face on the boat, maybe they could. Drag. (laughs) Cute face. Greg. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Gregory. Greg. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, or like maybe some. I mean, they they're not aware of this, but what you know, what they need is Kyle and Kefria as a united front. Although Kyle himself isn't a traitor, so that may not work. I mean, they're kind of screwed. They don't really have a lot of options. They're really yeah. And when Kyle comes back and they find out that he was trying to trade slaves, like he's not going to get very far either. Well, everybody knows that that's what he was doing anyway, so they're kind of like, eh. Yeah, but now that it went so horribly awry, it's not going to... Yeah. 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 All right. Do we have anything else to go over on on, uh, this little date? Any more insults? More insults? (laughs) I just envision this as like... Kind of like the lady in the tramp, like eating mussels over an old <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a an old bottle of Chianti where they found some scrummins left over. Yeah. This is exactly Can a lot how I should get drunk because I want to see that. I need that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do dates in Boston. <laughs> old Chianti over crates. <laughs> yep. By the sea. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right, Ashley, take us away. All right, you have a content warning for chapter two, but for the life of me, I can't think of what it is. Uh, it's not recapped by me, I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I have it as, um, I'm pretty sure that it's implied that Kenneth was molested as a child. Yeah, the, yes. little, the little charm. That's McCann. Yeah. Yeah. That's my content warning. I glazed over the nitty gritties. I try to keep it a little high level. So, you know, who cares about the details? (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep it light. (laughs) Keep it it light. Keep it fresh. Okay. So, uh, chapter two, the pirate's leg, which just makes me laugh. I can't help it. Every time I read writing it, I'm like, oh God. Um, so we open on the Vivacia, who is trailing behind the Marietta through the Pirate Isles. Wintrow is dreading the outcome of Kennet and his leg. He ponders the worst case, what the worst case scenario would be, telling Vivacia that he didn't really consider the deal he made with Kennet, and that while he knew he was gambling away his and Kyle's lives, he didn't think about the fact that the Vivacia would be left all alone if everybody ends up dying. And that, even if they all live... He'll have to watch Kenneth take her from him, which was like kind of weird. He's like all of a sudden like very possessive about her. And I'm like, you didn't kind of give a shit when you fucking scrambled away and swam into Jamelia and all this. And now he's just trying to be, I don't know, like, you're mad, bitch. And she's not. Um, (laughs) So while Wintro does at least take note that Vivacia is being sailed with more skilled hands than she ever has before, he also notes that she's crammed past capacity with freed slaves who basically do nothing but loaf around like zombies in old smelly clothes which is not unlike what we're all doing right now <laughs> during this whole damned quarantine <laughs> uh, neither the pirates nor the slaves trust Wintro since he's Kyle's son and so he is in fact taking the title of lonely boy uh, and back to Kyle so yeah he's like banged up real good he's in lots of pain he's locked away in a room but the medical chest is missing so Wintro can't really do anything to help him and Kyle is still just a heaping pile of shit and is super mean to Wintro saying that he despises him and he doesn't understand how Wintro could lead the slaves to take over the ship before but he can't do anything now to regain control uh, the slaves guarding Kyle tell Wintro that they'll fuck him up because he really is just such an asshole and Wintra's like no don't do that just leave him alone 
Um, but he does learn their names and make eye contact with them because he wants to really bond. So next up, Wintrow's schools. Okay, so this guy's name. Are we going with Sa'adar or are we mushing it all together into Sadar? I need to know. This is a burning I question. I say Sa'adar. I say Sa'adar. So we're putting the yes, paws separately. in separately? Because okay. it's, you know, Sa's the god, so it's like an... You, you know, I get that. But then, like, sometimes when you see the thing, it's like sometimes it's all mushed together. So, what, next... Eli, what do they say on the... Uh, they say Sa'adar. Sa'adar. Because they have... But there was... <laughs> I went down to But then there's... <laughs> When uh, Wintro is talking about the other one who is like a healer, it's who is like Sa Pen- Pinto or whatever. There's like there's there's right. like so it's yeah. Sa oh, whatever sorry. their name is. Yeah, it's like in The Handmaid's Tale when they all have the yeah. Right. Yeah. So great. next up, Winter School saw Dar. It was really great. You should have been there. He acts real cool and casual while telling Sadar he should be concerned about the authoritative stance he's taken on the ship because it looks like he's undermining Kenneth. Then Sadar says Kenneth is as good as dead and then he manage and that he manages the slaves, but he doesn't choose his words wisely and then Wintro kindly points out that they aren't slaves anymore and Sadar says, "You know what I mean." To which Wintro replies, <laughs> generally, a man says what he means. And I'm like, oh, sick burn, Wintro, sick burn. <laughs> um, it was just a fun little, like, back and forth between them. Uh, it comes to light that Sadar is annoyed with Kenneth because the rumors were that when Kenneth freed slaves, he also gave the ship that they were freed from. But Kenneth hasn't given over the Vivacia, so what the fuck is going on? Wintra points out that the ship is a free agent not to be owned by anyone except herself, much like the slaves, which he should totally understand. Sadar says a ship is a ship and she should belong to the slaves, which triggers some pirates to be like, Arr, you declare mutiny is ya, which is my pirate slash Irish accent. <laughs> which <laughs> More of this. More of this. Oh, which, which pretty much shuts... <laughs> which shuts Sadar the fuck up for now Uh, next we see Vivacia creeping on her new crush Kenneth she can hear his fever dreams and see what's going on in his room but then as Kenneth is asleep she hears him speak to her and it's that fucking little fucking charm bracelet again (laughs) he's just so creepy I hate him Um, so apparently Wizardwood can talk to Wizardwood we now know that Uh, Kenneth awakes and wants Winter brought to him he and the charm get into a spot together. The charm seems intent on tormenting Kenneth about his inevitable demise. And Kenneth tries to block it out. But the charm makes a point in saying that they are so bonded at this point that he could never possibly block him out. Wintro comes, does some hand energy reading, like Ayurvedic palm kind of <laughs> Reiki. Reiki. Yeah, a little bit of everything. It's all just uh, tossed up in there. Um, and he decides where his leg needs to be cut off, and he walks Kenneth through the procedure. Afterwards, he laments the amount of power he will have over Kenneth, his life in his hands, which he never wished to have. So, yeah. Ashley, I have to know, was that a Gossip Girl reference? Oh, God, yeah. Thank you. Okay. I, I fucking own that shit because I bought it. <laughs> I'm watching it for the first time. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you. I am. XOXO Vivacia. I'll never tell. <laughs> what am I really? I'll never tell because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Fitz used to be Lonely Boy, but now we're in a new series, <laughs> and Wintro is taking the title for Lonely Boy. I think level. Wintro is infinitely more pathetic than Fitz, because he just doesn't have a cool sidekick. Like, He's got know, He doesn't have a hype man. Yeah, but Vivacia's not a hype yeah. man. Like, Vivacia's just, like, baggage. She also doesn't oh. have legs. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. I mean, You're hurting not... my heart. <laughs> uh, I mean, Vivacia is that friend that had... I don't know. Haven't I been hurt enough? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop where I am. I don't want to say anything. Oh. Yeah. She has issues. Yeah, they were she's fault, an though. energy vampire who requires <laughs> the people around her to prop her up 24-7. Like, I need Vivacia to have a good day. I'm hoping that's soon. I mean, it's, but it's not her fault. It's, this isn't one of those things where, like, it isn't, put on a smile and be positive today. She's like, she got the short end of the fucking stick. No, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I... I, I, I understand why Paragon is the way he is. I don't think I'd be any different. But it still doesn't change the fact that I think that Wintro would be better off without her. Like, he would have more options. I mean, he tried to go away, but he fucked that shit up pretty bad, so now he's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was very Fitz-like. <laughs> Fitz occasionally is confident could... at killing people, and Wintro's not very good at that. Yeah. Well, he, we don't want him to be right now. <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he, though? <laughs> he can do with someone who can vaguely predict the future. That's true. Mm. I mean, in... Someone to steer him on the right path. In Wintro's defense, yeah. Fitz was, like, trained to be an assassin, and Wintro was trained to be a priest, and you're going, Wintro's a wet blanket. I'm sorry. It's like, well, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> He went to art school. What do you? <laughs> this is why I identify with Mitra. Uh... He went to philosophy school. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did do the interning with like the surgeon priest, right? That's that's doing him some good right now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or some not good. We'll see. I wonder how Fitz would do with an amputation. So the uh, wizard word wood to wizard wood communication is very like. It seems very skill. Yeah. It seems very skill, right? I want more. It's very, it's like similar to the magic we've seen before. It seems like they. Yeah, I feel like we're getting a lot of parallels. Yeah, they're all up, they're all up in each other's stuff. The forged serpents and yeah. Yeah. Stuff is starting to. There's like, also like memory into... stone in the water. Mm-hmm. The yeah, the, the, the mm-hmm. veined ore or whatever, vein, silver veined ore. That they anchor onto, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize that was important. <laughs> no, that's true. You wouldn't. well, you didn't read that book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the memory. No, that was in the third one. Yes. Uh no. Yeah, you're okay. You're fine. So memory stone. Yeah, there's like a stone that um, seems to. You can like there, there are like it, it absorbs the memories and actions and like reality around it, like so you can like look into the past and see what happened around uh, the this, stone. Was that the witness stone that they allude to when talking that about is, those barbarians? That is one of the, the one of the uses. Of, yes. 
another use is yeah. they okay. carve dragons out of it and they put their memories into it until they put all their memories and then they're absorbed into it and they become the dragon. Mm, and then okay. the dragon wakes and flies. Like a gall yeah, they're like a big golem that Okay. Yeah. But it like looks real. Like once you filled it with enough memories, it, it stops looking like stone and it like gains color and Oh to be a stone dragon made of memory. <laughs> yeah. I um like I really enjoyed Wintro schooling Sadar in this section. I thought it was really good. Sadar fucking sucks. He does he, and he sucks at He's <laughs> not as smart as he thinks he is either. No. He's trying to pretend like he's so savvy and it's like you're getting you're getting played by a 14-year-old, sir. New Torg. He's new Torg. <laughs> he trained as a priest. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's supposedly trained as a priest too, so I guess they're right. even on that thing. I think he grew up near the priest. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. It's like we just got rid of Torg, and now we have another one. It's, <laughs> it's annoying. All right, uh, chapter three. <laughs> um, chapter three is called the Crowned Rooster. So another uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to the Rainwilds. Um, Yay! <laughs> so we have. Uh, Johnny Cooper's taking us on a guided tour through some nifty tunnels in an elderly palace that they may or may not live in. I don't really know. Um, to get to a giant metal door with a crown rooster on it. And it's so awesome that she immediately understands why her ancestor plagiarized it and took it for their sigil. Um, <laughs> so inside the chamber, she finds her wayward son, Rain, who's supposed to be helping out with some magic rain wild stuff, but instead he's hanging out in a giant damp chamber with a log. And possibly getting mind controlled <laughs> by what's inside of it. <laughs> um, so basically, Rain wants to return the Elderling Holdings to their original splendor and like throw off the Satrap Overlord and trade freely wherever they wish. So he's, I don't know, an idealist. And more importantly, he wants to release the quote-unquote queen from her wizardwood log, or not a log, perhaps a cradle. And he... Basically wants to see if they can bring forth the dragon that might be within it. And Johnny is super skeptical and thinks that whatever's in there is most likely dead. She then raises the super valid question of whether or not bringing dragons back into the world is a good idea. And that is fair. Um, (laughs) To sort of distract him from these dangerous thoughts, she starts asking him about Malta. And they start discussing how he will present himself to her. Um, He's not supposed to bring lavish gifts but he's already working his way around that rule, and Johnny thinks that uh, Ronica might be a more formidable opponent on that than he realizes. There's also a bit where she talks about what he's going to wear and how many veils he'll wear, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be, like, all veiled out because, you know, Malta likes mystery. He also calls her a woman, and, and Johnny's like, no, she's definitely a girl, but he's like, no, no, she's a woman. And it's crazy. She looks, she's like, go nude, son. <laughs> she's thick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. A lot so, of information. There was, it was such a so short much. chapter, and it was fucking packed in there. <laughs> so my new readers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just so much. Here it is. What? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so dragons come from stones. Dragons come from logs. <laughs> How, How big is this log? How big is this log? 
Does it have bark I mean, on it? Obviously, this is what the uh, this the serpents are supposed to be like mingling with, right? And that's why the um for the sure Wizardwood ship that's made out of one of these cradles smells like someone they know. Yeah, right? I mean they have to be pretty big if they're making whole ships out of. I mean not whole ships, but like a half third ships. to a half of a ship from <laughs> one of them, right? How, what, yeah. how big is this fucking room? Because there were like... multiple of these logs in there. I loved when I loved when she was describing about like how cumbersome it would be to get it out. She's like, you know, like the log can't take the turns because it's too long. <laughs> and I'm like, we've we have to we've all tried to move. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we've all tried to move that couch before. Like, yeah, man, it's just not worth it. <laughs> just let it. It's it conveys. It can stay. Um. Yeah, but no, Elena, you're totally spot on. Of like, they're definitely so. But then, okay, does that mean okay? So this queen dragon is inside of a log. He wants to get it out of the log. But does that does mean? He? Yeah, he wants to release it into the wild. That's... Is is that what Rain wants? Allegedly, that's what my eyeballs told me. <laughs> okay, I did. Can I read a passage? Sure. sure. So it says, Rain, his mother spoke in a low voice, take your hand off the wizardwood log. It's not a log, he said softly. It's not a log and we both know it. And we both know that the words you now speak are not solely your own, Rain. It little matters what we call it. What we both know is that you have spent far too much time in contact with it, studying the murals and contemplating the glyphs on the pillars. It sways your thoughts and makes you its own. So yes, the dragon wants it. Okay, so yes, the dragon makes Rain want it. So this this reminds me of the serpents are, you know, sort of mind-controlling people when they run into them. Right. But also, mm-hmm. like, when they were putting their, uh, for example, the fool and girl and a dragon. Mm-hmm. The fool couldn't help himself but to put more of himself into the fool, into the girl and a dragon. Like it was, it was almost like they were they were being compelled to do it. Right. Do you think? Well, that too, because the fool in that moment was very empathetic with the struggle. Like it just needed a little bit more so that it could it was so close. Yeah, so that it could like fully gestate or whatever. Right, but there's also like the the whole like six wise men went up to Jompy Town story. Mm-hmm. Like like they're all everybody's drawn to do this. To, to give their memories to the stone to the dragon and it's, mm-hmm. it's like the same same kind of idea the the dragons have this they have this power Which so here's my first right. the serpent my... or the wizard would look right and i don't understand so like okay if there's something inside of this log that hasn't been put into a ship and they're thinking that it can be released but then like vivacia is being chased by serpents because they think that uh, the she who I can't remember her name. Remember. She who remembers. <laughs> she who I can't remember. Oh, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> she who I can't remember. Right. Oh, yeah. So, does that mean that they took that log and made it in a ship, but, like, trapped that being inside of that ship? Because that's fucked. I don't uh... know. Well, they certainly don't talk about what they've done with the discarded dragon bodies that were in the other cradles that they robbed to make ships out of, do they? Yeah, so it's like, do they release something and then make the ship, or is it still trapped in there and they make the ship? I don't know. 
I have a lot of confusion around that process. I really want to know how big this log is. It's gigantor, apparently. It's like a fucking redwood. Yeah, they're they're. She calls them coffins. She says coffins. That was what you told me they were when I was young, but they are not. So yeah, there's definitely like something in it. That's well, they, so sad. this this one log they said they could make a whole ship out of it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the biggest one. That's why they haven't get, removed it yet. So really big logs. I just think of like the redwood trees. Like it's just this mutant ent sized tree. <laughs> Spring more Lord of the Rings into the cypher. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to posit a little bit of defense for Rain. Previously, we talked about, you know, you know, he's a bit old for Malta. It's a little bit creepy that he's into her. But what I see in this chapter is that he is, you know, he's surrounded by these people who are, and I mean this in not the current political terms, but like the literal terms of the word, very conservative. Um, they've got, uh, you know, a, a certain number of resources that have made them very wealthy. And if they continue along the path that they always had, they continue to be wealthy, but it looks like they're about to be done with it. Um mm-hmm. But he's got all of these ideas for how they can like continue on to like a like a I guess a, a more progressive path. They can restore the things that they have, um, but it, it requires a bit of risk, right? They have to they have to go against the satrap. Um, they have to do what maybe might not work at all and try to release this creature from this log. Um, and he's got all of these he's got all of these ideas very exciting but nobody nobody really shares them with him and then he sees this like firecracker of a girl that is like i do what i want i you know it's like i'm it's i i am constrained in every part of my life just like he is but you know it's like i've i've got bold ideas for the future and he's he's excited by that um and then you also contrast it with the fact that he is 20 years old and apparently it's taken him way too long to find a girl. So like maybe 20, a long time to find a girl, maybe like he should have found somebody by 14 or 15 or 16. Um, so, you know, it seems like maybe it's not as weird for him to be interested in Malta. It's, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that they do get married young because they, I think, quite frankly, they must die early. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't change my opinion reading it. I mean, it's not like this was written 100 years ago. This was written in 1998. Like, it was right, still right, long right, right. to date a 14-year-old girl in 1998. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I'm also just, like, creeped out about it. That's all. I think... Um... Eli, what you were saying is, like, he sees Malta as this, like, firecracker who doesn't want to conform and all of that. But, like, seeing how much, I just, feeling how, I feel like we saw so much soul from him in this chapter. And he clearly has strong opinions about things. And I don't know that Malta has those characteristics. Like, she's just like, maybe, maybe not shiny object syndrome. And I'm like, that makes me think that, like, maybe they won't be a very good pair. I don't know. I, I I agree with that, but I'm I'm try I'm just trying to like defend the position that maybe he's not like 
like it seems like he's not really he wasn't hasn't really been interested in women period yeah. yet because he doesn't he's too seem absorbed. like a predator no yeah he's he's absorbed <laughs> yeah. with his like his ideals and right. then he sees someone who maybe is similar to him and he's excited yeah. about it i agree yeah i agree with that yeah i think there's part of me that also thinks he might see someone who he finds attractive and whose qualities he likes who is also still moldable yeah, maybe. The maybe. kind of person that he thinks that he needs right now. Well, I um I reading this, I couldn't help but but wonder um again, I think I wondered this like before, but what like what what does Malta become if she's in a place where she's actually accepted or someone or with someone who's actually excited by her and like excited to be around her and to teach her things? Um like I found it, I found it interesting that uh, jo- Johnny makes the comment that, or to her, to herself anyway, that maybe like his rain stubbornness would meet its match in Ronica Vestret, but we saw in the last chapter that Malta can match her grandmother, mm-hmm. and so that kind of implies like maybe she can match him in stubbornness, which if it's applied in the right way could actually make them very compatible. Um, yeah, he but, like he may not be able to control her or manipulate her as that like mm-hmm. he's counting on or not in a predatory way, but I think I think right that yeah, you're right. Like she's just as stubborn as he is and just as uh invested in her own ideas as he is. Mm-hmm. They are equals ambitiously. Ambitious wise. I feel. That's that's that was the only point I was getting trying to get at. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, so, oh god, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, the so we know we have confirmation that the Coopers, uh, you know, their sigil was taken from this door. Oh yeah, the crown mm-hmm. rooster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I, I mean, I like that. It make, it implies that like. I'm kind of like trying to pick apart like how does the society look like also you know we have the trader families in Bingtown they each get a ship and they each trade you know, or at least seem to specialize in like the one or two things that they trade with or they have kind of like partnerships with one or two families up in the Rainwild and then they trade it out right so then you have these families up in the Rainwilds that clearly settled there and started exploring and I guess based on what they found, whatever the resource was that they found to trade out, that's how they're structuring their, their like family sigil, their, you know, their tradition. So this family found this building with the with this rooster crown or crown rooster and are selling off what they find inside of it. So it's the flame jewels. And then obviously these, these logs. Well, do other people have wizard wood logs or just them? Seems like they must have had the the lion's share of them. Yeah. If this is the last one and they've gone three generations. But that that's part I don't know. I mean, are there other are there other buildings? Did they each get a building? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't yeah. Was anybody else getting the um the feeling that this was the the same location that Fitz traveled to in the third book. 
they talked about like a like an earth. I don't think I don't like an I'm earthquake not, I'm not disaster. It's the same location, but I, I'm. It seems like it must have been built by the same civilization. Yeah, like they were touching the walls, and it was like lights were coming on. Seemed like this, like the same kind of. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. That it was giving me the same vibe. Same. I don't think it can be the same place because. Yeah, because they sort of found them. Yeah, like there are actual people there, not right, just yeah. memory ghosts. But I mean, it's clearly up if if it's an elderling palace, it was clearly built by the elderlings, so they're definitely the same people. Yeah, I guess I was thinking like the of the like uh, she was saying that there was a great disaster, and it was like the similar to the earthquakes. And then uh, the well, place that, made the Fitz went go was away. like, yeah, something, they, they did something really bad and it made, they, well, let's consult our maps. Yeah. It, yeah wait, we... is it anywhere near the Mountain Kingdom? Maybe not. No. So it's not, but like, it could be the the source of the river. I don't know. I have to look. Oh, this is, this map is too small. I could get it being the same river, but not the same, like, Town, no, it's definitely, definitely not, not the same town. because yeah. the one the one that Fitz found was like half destroyed. Like half of it had been like vaporized. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking of when they said there was like a great calamity. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I was reading too much into mm. the like touching the walls to make the lights turn on. Well, I mean, why wouldn't they have that in all their towns? You know, like light switches. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just try being rich? <laughs> I'm looking at a map of the six. Du- I don't need the six duchies. God damn it! Where's the whole thing? Where's the whole thing? So the one line that uh, that really stood out to me, I'll I'll, I'll buy you some time to look. Um, was um, the the idea that like rain seems to be the most intuitive about understanding how to open the chambers or like call the, you know, like the flame jewels to life and things like that. And he, mm-hmm. he sort of thinks to himself that, or, or maybe it's what his mom thinks about him, that the ones who understand it the most often seem least called to use it or like least interested in using it. And I thought that was, a very interesting take on sensitivity. Um, and I think that's actually really true that sometimes people who are very good at certain things actually understand that maybe there's a lot of implications to what they're, they're doing. And so they're not that interested in just recklessly um, moving ahead. And I liked that. That made me like him even more. Okay. I found a map. <laughs> Jampa's definitely in the mountains but it's in the part of the mountain range that would definitely feed the Rainwild river oh. the Rainwild river goes up into the mountains okay so uh what else did we learn oh that um the genetic or the 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 the, the funky neck fold skin ickiness is not related to age but you're born with it and so rain just got fucking lucky in the gene department and didn't get a big dose of it unlike his little sister 
I know. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Which also means he probably does look more like the dream version. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to chapter four then. All right. Um, so chapter four, the endless chapter. Uh, we, we open with Wintrow admiring Brig, the sailor Kenneth put in charge of sailing Vivacia. Now, did anybody besides me get a bit of like a rom-com vibe with the description of Brig's gray eyes and chestnut hair held back with that yellow kerchief, fashionably marked with the raven insignia and his manly air of competent command? I mean, no, maybe it's just me. I was like, Wintra, why the fuck are you noticing this about Brig? Like, I just really um, love that they have their own merch. <laughs> the bandanas yeah. with the raven. I know, I was like, how nice is this raven sigil? Apparently it's pretty baller because he got it tattooed on his face too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, anyway, so Wintro is uh, talking to Brig. He needs to know either how long till they get to Bull Creek or who the fuck stole the medicine chest because Kenneth's leg is real bad and he legit might not make it to shore. So Brig says he'll send someone to shake it out of the slaves. Um, and just then a Chalcedian warship appears around the bend flying the Satraps colors. Rut row. It is emphasized that the other ship is built for war, not trade, and it's fucking coming after him. So Wintro has a, has a moment to wonder if he'd have better odds with the Chalcedians than the pirates and realizes the slaves are going to fight to the death to avoid going back to the Satrap slave market. So it's probably better to dance with the devil he knows. Not that he has any choice because uh, Vivacia is running and the Marietta... Um, who is, of course, being commanded by Sorcor, um, cuts between Vivacia and the Chalcedians and gets their attention. Um, he's pretty competent uh, at kind of in engaging them in a skirmish and, like, fucking them up enough that they go after him. And so the Vivacia gets steered um, into the lee of an island and put to anchor. And basically Briggs like, yeah, we're going to wait here for Marietta to come rescue us. And... Winter's like, don't you know where we are? He's like, bro, just because I know where we are doesn't mean I can sail the channel out. So they're basically stuck. Um, Etta comes up to the uh, uh, wherever he's hanging out by, by, by Vivacia and says, you need to go see Kenneth. And Vivacia's like, you will not call him boy. <laughs> and then she tells Wintro, you should go see Captain Kenneth. He's calling for you. <laughs> and it's basically her staking a claim to Wintro as her property, not Kenneth's, not Etta's. Like, back off, bitch. The boy is mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wintro looks back uh, and is very surprised to see Etta um, standing there, w like, with Vivacia, and he sees this just exceedingly powerful woman and one who's perhaps strong enough to stand up to Vivacia's uh, will. So he gets down to Kenneth, and it's bad. Kenneth's barely conscious from the pain and the infection, and Wintro tries to priest him out. He's got some pain-dimming techniques and consciousness redirecting, and he's kind of doing that, like, for Kenneth inside Kenneth's head. I don't know. It's kind of fuzzy. He isn't really trained in it anyway, and he's only, like, observed it, but he's definitely doing something. And, like, while, while that's happening, Kenneth confesses that he can't go on being this weak in front of the crew. Like, I didn't lead the fight against the Chalcedians. We ran away from them, and now all the slaves think I'm a weakling and a coward. I could drown them all, he observes in 
quote, an introspective voice. And Winchow, like, knows he just saw the real Kenneth and is probably a goner even if he saves him because clearly this asshole is not going to suffer anyone to know his real self. <gasps> so then we switch to Brashen and his <laughs> new boss, Captain Finney. And they're sharing some beer and some sindin and talking shop and, like, how Brashen's fucking awesome at being a sort of go-between between pirates and the real world. And it confirms that... Um, like Brashen realized at the end of his book, he's on a ship that goes between pirates and legit traders, and apparently he's actually good at it. He's real adaptable, is Brashen Trell. Finney proposes a scheme using Brashen's contacts in Bingtown. They hold back a small percentage of the very best stuff and sell it for pure profit just between them, and it's basically cutting the owner um, or the other partner out. And Brashen manages to defer it by saying... Well, my family disowned him, and I don't really have any contacts in Bingtown because everybody there hates me because I skipped town with debts and, like, you know, uh, shenanigans. But he also doesn't ever really say no. Um, and we don't also hear him think that it's, like, impossible or the worst idea ever. So, yeah, Brashen's going real well. Um, so, back to Vivacia. It's a little bit later that same day. Wintro and Etta and Kenneth have agreed the surgery is to be done ASAP on the deck of Vivacia so she can maybe help with Kenneth's pain. The medicine chest never appeared, and Wintrow's sort of looking with despair at, like, the shitty tools he has to use for this. Etta gets real mad that the medicine chest is still missing, and she basically grabs a knife and just, uh, <laughs> cuts up Sadar. Uh, it's just a, a thin slice, a surface cut, and when he doesn't immediately say that he can get the um, medicine kit, she cuts him again. And he, like, then goes into this whole big show about, oh, well, you could have just asked me. And Wintro's like, how is Etta not just killing him where he stands? <laughs> and Kenneth, but of course we all know it's the charm, is like, no, no, she knows she can wait, and she prefers to take her time and kill in private. Mm. So the medicine chest magically appears shortly thereafter. <laughs> it includes a bit of queasy fruit, uh, which is like magical numbing goo. And Wintro reflects that his father didn't bother to offer it to him when he got his finger chopped off. Wow. <laughs> wow. He's a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, Etta gets a great moment here. It's like total badass Bia. Um, she looks at Sadar. I do not enjoy games, but if I am forced to play them, I always make sure I win. And she tells him to get the fuck off the deck. And he's like, well, wait, let's get this straight. Are you, are you in charge here or is Brig? And she just straight knifes him and says, <laughs> I think we understand that I'm in command of you. And then when one of his bodyguards comes at her, she just, like, kills that guy. And everyone else is sort of like, either Ed is the worst thing that ever happened or she's amazing. And there's no in between. She's very polarizing. <laughs> so, you stand a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we're halfway through the chapter, but I can sum it up from here. Winter performs <laughs> the world's worst field surgery on Kenneth. It's gross. It's described in gory detail. It is. There's a lot of screaming and a lot of bleeding and a lot There's of Winter reflecting. There's a skin flap. <laughs> <laughs> there's skin flaps there's wintrow reflecting on how different it is cutting living flesh that still bleeds versus the slaughtered animals oh that have been god. drained of blood that, he got to cut up before oh yeah. god when it talks it's... about how like the muscles and everything contract so they're oh all... yeah god <laughs> yeah like i said like i said trying to sum up it's gross gory detail they cut the leg <laughs> off spoiler alert uh, the, the stump gets sewn shut can it gets taken back to the captain's room Wintro throws the rotten leg overboard and the white serpent noms it. Nom, nom, nom. 
Vivacia tells Winchar to stop thinking Kenneth's bound to die because she's linked to him. And so he hears what she hears Winchar thinking. Uh, the best he can do is to sort of think with the full conviction of his priesthood that life is saw and saw does not end. Therefore, life does not end. It only transforms. So Kenneth is in the cabin. And he's clearly very eased by that truth and that understanding just like flowing through him. Kenneth took a deep breath, it says, and let it out slowly. He did not draw another one. Oh. What a way to end that chapter. So I have to confess, I had originally promised that I would uh, end here, but we have one more chapter. But what do you think about this as a cliffhanger? I mean. It's a hell of a cliffhanger. I had to really stop myself from skimming through to find the next chapter where we talk about (laughs) Kenneth. I was just like, oh my god, here's a here's. Here, here's my my take. Kenneth, Kenneth clearly just fucking died, like his physical body. But that whole thing about like li- like Saw goes on and Saw is everything. Like he's gonna either enter the ship or like I don't know. The Wizardwood charm is gonna go onto Etta's wrist and be like you know the eternal ghost of lover past, and he'll be like convincing her, no, no, he didn't die. He's part of the ship now. Therefore, or, like or uh, or or what? Well. Anyway, he's part of something now, and so you don't have to kill anyone for this because it's like I'm still here. Oh, okay. Don't kill me. I didn't say you wouldn't become a ship or a charm bracelet right. or, or a charm <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> I just said you wouldn't die. Clearly, he's still you here. <laughs> In this creepy little wooden face. But he'll kiss oh, you. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was so things that I th- thought while reading this chapter. What has Robin Hobb done? <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time a catalyst has died. But like, how many people has she knifed? <laughs> right. It's true. She does have a lot of experience or, with all of these things, so it is concerning. Yes. <laughs> it's a real. Concerning I mean, does she does she slaughter animals on her own farm? Like, is, I that's mean, she definitely have. true because they did have to like that's skin that. Yeah, it was. Like, so visceral like it, it's like you have had experience with this before have you has around. she amputated a leg before like a living leg and it just it just went <laughs> on and on and on it's just like how much how much time do we need to dedicate to talking about him carving through this fucking leg <laughs> right like was she in the civil war <laughs> <laughs> oh oh well, I think I think what it, it's I think one of the things that it does is illustrate to us exactly how Vivacia experiences these kinds of events. Yeah, because it's not something that she can gloss over. Like she experiences it as if it is happening to her, and it becomes like a memory for her, and it mm-hmm. influences her. Like who you know it, that trauma is her trauma. So I think I think that's one of the reasons that it is long and descriptive. It, it, it also it very much harkened back to the like Fitz over descriptiveness that we have uh, I guess not not been missing in the, these books but um, it's it's you know it's a little bit different feel than than the Fitz outlook it's very it's this particular scene was very similar to me is this is this the wit is this the skill like what 
what kind of magic is happening here? I mean, I know like we've kind of said that the ships must be a mixture. I don't know. It felt more. I mean, I guess we felt we we experienced this similar thing in both the wit and the skill before. Like, mm -hmm. um, for example, the coterie when they were being punished, Fitz felt it very strongly. But in the same way, he would feel the same sort of pain from other people through the wit. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I still think that both both are fairly, you know, they must be intertwined somehow. They're they're very similar. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, who else did we see? We saw Brashin, right? And... Yeah, very briefly. He's not a bad guy, but how can he uh, continue to believe he's not? Or whatever he said. He's like, he's like slipping. He's slipping over to the dark side. He is. He's a mess. He needs to pull it together. <laughs> I'm not going to have any more of these drugs until the end of the conversation. But it's that, it's that good shit. So he's like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. It's not fine. Well, everyone else is using it. I mean, it's it's almost cultural. Pirate culture to just Yeah, heroin culture, pirate culture. <laughs> just yeah. part of culture. Slim well, yeah, culture. It was, it was culture Jim. for, you know, the, the Pharaoh people to be with their smokes and everything. Didn't mean it was a good idea. Right. Mm -hmm. But it has to be hard for him to resist when he's just getting handed yeah. it, you mm -hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And we know he has struggles with it already and also doesn't seem to have um, a real strong, like, life direction. <laughs> so he's kind of like, well, what else is there for me? I, I have a job that I'm good at, and I get some money and really great drugs. I guess this is guess this is good enough, y'all. <laughs> yeah. He's got that, um... Yeah. Birch is high-functioning alcoholic... But but For but sure. this, but yeah. this is dead vibe going on. Like there's like <laughs> there's no point to anything. But I'm he's a high functioning nihilist. Yeah, I, I <laughs> totally agree with you that it's like a hundred percent. That's the fucking t-shirt we need, by the way. High functioning uh, nihilist. Oh uh, my god, that's so perfect. <laughs> Just put your put your favorite sigil on there. It could be the buck keep. It could be the buck. It could be the buck from. It could be the Cooper's crown. I like the Cooper's sigil. Yeah, high functioning nihilist. It could oh be a God. big titty ship. It could be just whatever you want. It's a serpent. <laughs> a serpent. A wolf. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the most high functioning nihilist of them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still stuck on the logs, you guys. I'm just still stuck. The on logs. Them. Oh, I got so many things to think about. I am picturing like gigantic cigars, <laughs> just like mm -hmm. like lay like many layered 
Like if you broke it apart, it'd be like all flaky and like a like I'm a like, dragon they made onion. Boats out of that? <laughs> yeah, but they like make boats out of it. I don't. Know. <laughs> I guess that's the nature of a dragon. Dragons egg. are like, like onions. An onion. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There was something so, like, just irredeemably sad about, like, that whole scene. That, like, all these live ships that, like, love their people and, like, their families love so much were, like, literally created out of the annihilation of another species. Like, it's not just, like, wood or trees, which is kind of sad, but theoretically they're renewable. But, like, no, no, like, these are not actual, like... Yeah, it's like if your car could talk or something. (laughs) My thing is, it's like, what would the live ships think if they knew that that's where they came from? I don't know. Mm. Perhaps we will find out. Maybe. Maybe that's why Efren didn't want to go up the river. Mm. Maybe he found out. I honestly don't know what I'm saying. Uh, chapter- <laughs> oh, we're on to we on to me. All right, then we are on to Eli. Okay, let me uh, mm. let me bring this mic real close. Uh oh, okay. gather round, <laughs> my children. Okay, so aboard the Ophelia, Althea is thriving at her new post. It turns out that being a maid on a live ship is not only something that Althea is good at. Surprise, surprise. It's also way easier than being a ship's boy aboard a slaughter ship. Althea contemplates how unfair it is that high-paying white-collar positions have it so good, (laughs) while essential (laughs) lower-class jobs don't even provide a living wage or the option to work from home. (laughs) Like any bougie old lady worth her salt, Ophelia is not interested in discussions of class. She instead turns the conversation to talk of her handsome, very much unmarried family members. Althea swiped right on Greg. She did. But it was just for the attention, and now things are getting a little bit awkward. So, I simply can't understand why you don't have feelings for him. Uh, says the lively live ship. Ophelia lists off Greg's numerous qualities, but eventually agrees that he could use a bit more of the roguish spark. So, Brash and Trail. <laughs> if uh, you still having dreamed of him. Anyway. I must admit <laughs> that I like Ophelia a little bit. I think that uh, I would probably be pretty annoyed with her in real life, but reading it in a book, I like it a lot. So Althea retreats from Ophelia's pestering, but it's to go talk to Greg. So yeah. she pauses <laughs> at the door to make sure she's looking nice and fresh, and then she enters Greg's room, thinking about how uh, she's the best dressed she's been in a long time. She's got a little embroidery. Yeah, it's looking nice. Um, once Althea <laughs> enters the room, Greg is quick to take off his fake tooth ouchy bandages. Um, <laughs> Althea asks if he's getting bored, but it turns out that Greg is a maker, and makers don't get bored. So he shows her his lacy math that he's been making, and uh, instead of being impressed, Althea thinks about how her dad was making some lacy sit, oh, whatever it was. 
He was, he was, he was like covering a bottle with some lacy uh, twine. Doily. Um, which Greg offers to show her how to make, but she's like, mm, it's not the same. Um, which ends up, she spills a bunch of pent-up thoughts about her family and how untenable their financial situation is. For some reason, they start talking about Brashen. Oh my god, why are you talking about Brashen? <laughs> Greg knows a lot about Brashen and his wild younger days because they went to school together and Avi, they have been at it and they have beef. So Brashen's dad never disciplined him and they let him do whatever he wanted until one day uh, he just came home and they disowned him. They wouldn't let him in the door. Which seems like kind of a weird approach. Like so apparently he just got to do whatever he wanted and never got in trouble for it until one day he just couldn't come home anymore. Um, Tough love. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Anyway, back to Althea's family financial problems. Greg gl- gladly points out that they can't pay back what they owe. So uh, Althea is probably going to be back to the Rainwilds to get married to one of them. Which is a nice segue, because if Althea married Greg, she wouldn't have to do that. Um, Anyway, Althea realizes that she won't ever be interested in this guy, because he's not a bad boy like Brashen. But before she has to answer, uh, suddenly there's an alarm from above deck. Everybody is to come up and all hands on deck right now. Red alert. So anyway, outside, Althea and Greg find that Ophelia is confronted fucking Chelsea Deans. They're it's a warship bearing the Satrap Costco's flag. <laughs> <laughs> he yell over to Ophelia, yo, oh, we have permission to check your shit out. And Captain Tanira's like, sounds shady, fuck right off. And so shit hits the fan. They throw grappling hooks and all the crew throws them back. And Ophelia even grabs one and throws it back and she throws it so hard the Chalcedian that's holding it, he's tossed way up into the sky. <laughs> so the Chalcedians are like yo we knew this was going to happen and they bring out fire pots and they shoot fire pots at her and Ophelia like, grabs the ship and she tosses it around and it makes them throw the fire, fire pots all wild uh, one of them hits her and catches her on fire but she's you know a live ship she's smart and she like smacks that shit right back onto them and so their ship is caught on fire um and this is my it's like my favorite scene in a long time she like speeds away from him and she tosses her hair (laughs) and the other ship is just like burning and all the people are like screaming they're like oh we're dying and she's just like hair toss and leaves (laughs) and oh Uh, I think that the listeners should know that in our notes doc Eli has included a picture of the Costco wholesale logo emblazoned on a flag. You did such a good job. This is an A plus. Oh. Oh God. Oh. Dying of fire. I like, you I like the dumb. visual of her like reaching down because clearly she's above them because the ship is bigger and she grabs their ship and just starts shaking. I, she like, <laughs> she's like shaking baby syndrome. She just grabs it. I also think of like how toddlers interact with like literally anything bigger than them where they just grab it and just start trying to shove it. <laughs> Uh, oh. 
That was a fun chapter. C-Trap Costco. Yeah, that is his name. Isn't yeah. it? So what did you guys think of that really romantic proposal? Was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a practical guy. Yeah, it's just so pragmatic. If this was a different book, I would say that it's definitely going to get romantic. But we're not in the right genre. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm I'm sticking solidly with like Greg is my Mary. Althea, you fucking enjoy enjoy learning your lesson the hard way with dudes who don't stop and ask for consent and don't stop and ask whether you have an alignment of goals. Enjoy. <laughs> may or may not be the voice of experience. Enjoy. I was like, Greg, you were fucking speaking my language, my dude. Like, these are the advantages. <laughs> There's clearly enough of an attraction like, here. He ha- Do we you want have the same things in life? You are leading this conversation <laughs> like a fucking man. Yes, yes, yes. The answer is but yes. But only like 18, okay? She's stupid. <sighs> Look, I was stupid when I was 18, too. I'm still stupid. Like you said, try to logic me into a relationship, <laughs> I'm going to run the fuck away. <laughs> It just, unfortunately, like, he looks great on paper, but she's just not that into Greg. And it's just never going to happen. If the passion is close-minded. Like, that's the thing. She admits that she's fucking attracted to him. (laughs) Like, she admits she's fucking attracted to him, but she's like, "Mm, no, he's not exciting enough. Like, right, no, but that's, that's that is that's, that's not no that's oh, oh man no oh, it's God. not she's not so attracted to him she's, she thinks he's pretty she's but not she's physically not attracted, attracted to him to would you want to be trapped in a boring monotonous sex life for the rest of your fucking life just to have financial stability or would you rather have like okay so we have to like make shit work but like we have passion together fuck i'd take the adult right? boring sex for the rest of your life my god sometimes you get named jeffrey and then you i'm bad at adulting so i'll take greg (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i I just didn't get the impression that like it was a lack of attraction so much she said she wasn't attracted to him i don't know yeah she's like you're not repulsive just because he's not i mean he's good looking and he has a lot of great qualities but like if it's not there it's not there like I get that, but like I'm pretty sure she was like getting butterflies walking in, and like you know well, she's what noticing needs the way to happen he looks at is, her. Like she's yeah, they need to smooch first and foremost. You can't be making decisions yeah. without like testing the waters a little bit. Yeah, like fully agreed. But like her problem was like, oh, he stopped to ask permission. Well, fuck that. I'm bored. Like right. no, like actually, that's kind of a good thing. He's a gentleman. Like yeah, have, yeah. So let's talk about that. Actually, <laughs> uh, we've I've brought this up in spoiler section in the past with uh, Alyssa so this is going to be rehashed for her but it seems like there's something weird going on with a conflation of and Alyssa feel free to use the same answer because (laughs) it was a good answer but it seems like there's a weird conflation going on between excitement and attraction and weird guys who don't ask permission like it's the right you're hot but i really need the guy to like throw mm-hmm. me on the bed kind of thing and like mm-hmm. what's that about well i think we could dig deep and say it's probably somewhat about self-worth issues which mm-hmm. considering all of the other things they outlined in this chapter about the women of bingtown kind of makes some sense mm-hmm She just. We could also. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you could also bring um, some 
sort of lay psychology into it and talk about like the sort of dis disordered attachments where you um if you grow up in an unstable um enough environment or have the right sort of um like like tra traumatic situations that you experience uh you begin to like confuse attraction with excitement mm -hmm. and you like genuinely can't tell the difference or you ex you need that like high level of adrenaline to um to experience um excitement also mm -hmm. i think that if you fall asleep when the guy's talking and he's jealous of your ex you probably shouldn't marry him <laughs> Sick burn. Wow. What a poor Jeffrey. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Well, Alyssa told me in spoiler section that I was stupid and that <laughs> I needed to acknowledge that Althea is traumatized from her her early her early uh, encounters. Oh, no, I just, uh, what I was saying was, like, you internalize that shit. And if that's all you know, like, all I can think of is when they were first asking women, like, when you masturbate, what do you think of? And it was really fucked up because it turns out that being treated as property for the entire existence <laughs> of you and those who came before you makes you think of and associate really messed up things with how you get off. So it's Althea, like, hearkening back to that moment, basically subconsciously, and it's really heartbreaking. No, I totally agree with that. I don't know if, Rachel, you remember this, but in our AP English class in high school, we had to read a short story that was called Rape Fantasy, and it's the exact same thing. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all just goes back to that, like, her experience and where that all comes from. And she, like, that's, it's really sad. But it makes sense for her, like, where it's all coming from. I mean, God, she told that story of the first time she had sex and we're like, oh, God, that yeah. was horrible. Right. Yep. Right. And she didn't seem to realize it. No, not at all. And I think what's, I think why I was sort of like, oh, that's not what's happening. Because, like, yeah, Brashen is a mess, but I don't, like, consider Brashen to be, like, a bad man. So I was, like, rooting for them. But now I'm kind of like, wait, is this, am I on the wrong ship? <laughs> like, I don't know that Brashen is the right person for her, but I don't think Greg is the right person for her either. <laughs> I think she's not the right person for Greg. Like she needs to oh, oh, yeah. some healing before she is ready for that kind of relationship. Yeah. I've... That's the difference between me and Althea. Yeah. Like I've been there. I've been through that. <laughs> so Greg, call me. That's what I'm saying. I like dancers. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like he's, <laughs> he's a grown up. And he's and, clearly from a stable family. Like, he does yeah. not have, like, any, like, family history of trauma that fucked up his attachments or, you know, gave him any weird links between, like, what is sexy and, like, what is healthy. It's also really nice how open and candid he is about everything, though. You know, because he could yes. be totally manipulative. So emotionally. Yeah, he could mature. be totally manipulative and just be like oh but we're, i'm gonna make this work for me and uh, yeah it might work for her but like 
and just be a Kyle about it, but no, like he's yeah, that's that is part of why the the Ophelia, the whole environment there is it's like it's very pleasant, but it also feels like in a in a fantasy story, it feels like this is a very temporary thing that is going away very soon. That's what it feels like. Yeah, but do you think that they're like that because when you live on a live ship, it's difficult to keep your emotions like from from yeah, your probably. Crewmate, so they just learn to be like open. Ophelia is just dragging it out of Althea all the time. Yeah. Well, I think it's what happens when you have like healthy rela- like relating patterns in your family, mm-hmm. and like nothing happens to sort of fuck it up and like. M- like mess up the transmission of those skills and that culture from one generation to the next. Yeah. Is this the kind of person that Althea would have been if she had been born a boy? Like would she wouldn't have had to contend with the disapproval, the constant disapproval and, and of her family and and society. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe. Yeah. Probably closer to it anyway. I mean, she still would have had, um, you know, uh, Ronica's uh, somewhat distracted mothering um, and the death of four brothers to, you know, get over, but um, probably closer to what she would have been if she'd been a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Did, what else happened? Um... Oh, Costco's making moves. <laughs> Looks like that political situation that everyone yeah. keeps talking about might be imminent. Yeah, these Chelsideans need to back off. And also, it's like a classic inferiority complex because they're these teensy little boats and they're like, we're gonna get you. And then they <laughs> totally got fucked up. I think of like the way that... So I play, I, uh, play a lot of... Uh video games and so does joey and uh eli the 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 um assassin's creed game where you oh, have yeah. a ship yeah Black flag. and you have like all the you know the the kind of galleys that have like the rowing on it that's what i think of <laughs> it's like that kind of ship versus like a big colonial like yeah ship. i was thinking it's like what are you gonna do i was with thinking that? of like <laughs> in the the previous trilogy the like long ships they had with like the fighters Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the six duck- duchy ships versus this is like you know seventeenth century, sixteenth century, you know like big sea sailing ships for trade. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the I don't know what the it technical difference between a cog and a galley is, but you know that's what it seemed like to me. Maybe a galley's bigger than a longship, but. It definitely seemed like she was just throwing this boat aside, like with, you know, with her, like the size of her. I mean, she's a figurehead. She's not gigantic compared to the boat. She's big, but she's not like right huge compared to the cog. Right. So I googled, I googled cog versus galley, <laughs> and then there's some size comparisons. It's not. As big of a difference as we are describing, per, according to these pictures. Hmm. Okay. Well, like it's like, like height wise, like it's definitely smaller lengthwise, but it looks like they're still 
have the potential to sit pretty high up on hmm. the water. So I'm just sad that they don't have cannons. Like we should, we need yeah, more they need cannons. cannons, man. Yeah, more do cannons come around? I don't. They don't it's like to have like it's like uh, it's like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. They never made cannons because yeah. they had magic. Those bastards. <laughs> they should make cannons. <laughs> it's like we've got. Well, it's the same problem maybe in this in this world as in Game of Thrones, where you have not just magic, but you have dragons, right? Yeah. Like, what do you need a gun for? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with that? You should just make a really big, uh, stupid uh, crossbow, and that will kill them. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Put it on a boat. <laughs> It'll be great. We know exactly where these books are going. Anybody watch Westworld last night? No, I don't watch that show. No, I got rid of HBO. I'm not interested it in Future me. World. Where'd Westworld go? Uh, just the, they they had David and Dan in the episode, and Jess and I were just yelling at the screen. No. They had, like, fake Game of Thrones world. <laughs> no, they didn't. They, they did. did. Oh, man. Oh, God. Worst con ever. <laughs> <laughs> Elena's phone is gonna die, so we gotta wrap this shit up. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's all I have. I don't know. Anything else? We, should we do the last the last questions? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This Be My Crew, character introductions and exits. Exits. Uh, Kenneth's knee yeah <laughs> i cannot believe the serpent Can just it? ate it right up i can't believe yeah. it it's nuts it, i just it like how he described it it was like two severed ends with a knee in the middle i was like thank you, thank you. it's like 90 percent pus at this point like it's not there's no Ew. nutrition there it's, it's all bacteria so Why gross. Would you do this? <laughs> uh, X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? Fire no, they wild. don't even know. They're in just town. they're just floating around out there trying to get rain somewhere. Wilds. Well, we got to go to the Rain Wilds. That's a new place. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yes, in a weird basement, a real old basement, very uh, like Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah, with a great of... skylight that they just like get covered up a big glass dome. They should just yeah, start moving random things around in. until it opens. That's yeah. that's how those work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a tangle. What are the serpents doing? Remembering. <laughs> forgetting. Remembering, forgetting. <laughs> getting, getting and finding. Getting tangling. They are grinding. Paying Did you rocks. say they're grinding? <laughs> I said finding, but now I changed my answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ships talk. What did we learn about live ships in this section? Uh, revelations. Yeah. They could talk to other things made out of wizard wood what's wizard wood we tbd some huh? kind of log with some, little some exclamation kind of log marks. with something in it yep cocoons we learned mm. that they love a good hair toss <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and they don't i mean they can burn a little but not as much as a regular weird. ship yeah according to paragon you need a lot of oil which really helps his image on my book. <laughs> also, that they uh, are Epicurean and like to try new foods. 
live a uh. little. <laughs> Is this the patriarchy, misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jamelia? Well, let's see. We have... Still no buttons. Still no buttons, but we are hiring Chelsea Deans mm-hmm. to do some dirty work. We are examining the cost of the patriarchy on uh, feminine roles in society and individual mental development and people want all the goods from all the places and everyone wants more taxes that's what we know so do you think uh... that the chalcedian mercenaries are on orders from the satrap to be aggressive towards the life ships or do you think that they are taking the next logical step in their you know their own ambitions and just doing it because they can get away with it. Can we say uh, both? So if you, if you know anything about the history of piracy in the Caribbean, um, it was mostly uh, combated by privateering, uh, which is where you have a ship that essentially acts like a pirate ship, but is condoned by the government and is therefore legally allowed to stop a ship of anyone that government is at war with or who isn't, like, under your government's flag. And sometimes, because, you know, who really knows, like, what happens out there on the seas, they go after their own ships. Anyway, it was basically, like, legalized piracy um, with no actual controls because it, you know, could take months for them to sail into a port and declare, like, the ship they took and... You know, who knows how many they took in between. But also, like, so. how smart is it if, like, if, you know, if Jamelia's like, yeah, sure, go do this for me, Chalced, a country that I don't control. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it's... Yeah. Shout out to yeah. that piracy lesson. Yeah. Sir Francis um, Drake learning hour. <laughs> 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 Um, I, I, I picked it up, uh, when I lived in New Orleans, there was a very fascinating history of piracy and privateering there. Didn't a lot of the, the privateers, a lot of them ended up just becoming pirates because it was like easier than yes. going back, Dealing. going back home. Yeah. Giving back your earnings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Unless you were knighted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, reminder for the next reading section, uh, we're going to be covering chapters six through 10 of Mad Ship. There are no content warnings for this section. Congrats to us. Yay. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. And you can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. I'm Alyssa. You can find me at alyssamainer.com. Uh, I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces for on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. And I'm Ashley. You can find me on the things at Ladybird Parker. Okay, next up is spoiler section. I don't have a lot to say for spoiler section. Who's got ideas? Uh, I I've got like I've got uh... like ten seconds worth of ideas. Okay, better than nothing. (laughs) Better than me breathing into the mic.
Alright, hit, 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 hit us with the spoiler, Eli. Oh, so, I think the big log is Tintaglia, right? And then he's gonna get his hot young tart to come and help him release it. That's my spoiler. Maybe. That's his hot good. young tart. That's good. His hot his <laughs> tart. I think Malta's gonna release his Tintaglia tart. and she's in the big log. I did think about Tintaglia. That's my thought. Okay, bye. Sisters I, my poker face is so bad. Sisters before misters. Logs is this the spoiler before section? logs. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I have nothing okay. else to contribute, so I'm going to leave before I blush. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> bye. I should go too, because I have nothing else to say either, but I did think about that being Tintaglia. Cools. Read the next section. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. 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 I mean, we've sort of been talking about the plot of of the Mad Ship for the last few spoiler sections, so uh, I am... I think we're getting... I think our next big reveal is going to be when they figure out who Amber is, so I think Mm. we'll just have to wait for it. It's the best part. It's the best part. Which which part will it be? Because I keep like I like fake slipped and was like, oh, the fool the <laughs> wait the, when <laughs> the rooster crown? No, not a rooster crown. That's not what I meant. Uh, oh yeah. Uh oh. I don't think I don't think that was caught. I no, mean, it's never caught. None of my slips are caught. No one listens I'm... to me when I talk. Oh, stop. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> that, like, I'm just hoping that somebody is as dumb or slow as me and so far, get it till the very so end. So far, so far, they're, they're right on track. <laughs> no one's There's already, out. like, little hints in the first chapter. Yeah. About yeah. paying attention to gossip and how it's kept Amber alive. Like, uh huh. Yep. And, like, like everyone being like, well, how? Why do you know all these people? Or how? Where did you come from? Or how? Like, well, well, you know, I, I've learned to adapt to different situations, and like, yeah, that's an acceptable answer. <laughs> uh, I think is it. There's another. I don't think it happened yet, but there's another conversation where maybe it already happened. Where uh, Amber says like, I'm used to dealing with like difficult people or demanding people or and i could never figure out if they were talking about fitz or king shrewd oh she's definitely talking about fitz (laughs) who else is that difficult nobody from what i remember it's been six years since i've read these books but Mm. from what i remember the from the first trilogy the fool loves shrewd so much yes but that's because shrewd gave the fool like a family and a place to be and and a purpose. Mm. I assume from all the crap that they went through in Jamalia, but I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I, a lot of that stuff is going to be, I read the Fits of the Fool trilogy like fast <laughs> and not, <laughs> not necessarily for detail. <laughs> so that'll be all, that, it'll be a fun second read for me. Oh, for sure. Uh, we're going to pick up some new characters soon. 
That's right. Yeah, we get the safe traps point of view, right? Yeah, and uh, what's her name? Oh, God, what's her name? Uh, I'm not reading as far ahead as you at this point. How far are you? Uh, what is her name? Freaking, I'll just um, Save. I can't just type in say tr- I can't. I was like, Costco. No, that's not going to help me. Costco. <laughs> Uh, no toilet paper in all of Jamalia. <laughs> That's why he's he's going to Chelsea for it. That's what the, all the deals are for. Oh my god. Uh, Cirilla. Cirilla. I She's don't remember the, Cirilla. So Cirilla is the one of the heart companions. Oh! Oh, oh, oh. Yep, 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 yep. And okay. she's the one okay. that, like, he, like, she, you know, he wants to, like, bang and she won't. And yes. so then he like yeah. so then he like gives her to the Chalcedian captain to like be repeatedly raped and tortured. Oh my I think God. that's chapter fourteen. Yeah, you said it was chapter fourteen that was the next um content warning. Yeah. Maybe I remember maybe. this now. Oh god. Robin. Uh, oh nope, sorry, chapter twenty three is when she's repeatedly raped. Great, good. Great and good. Yep. Uh, but you know, then she comes back and she's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." <laughs> so. That's true. But it's like, at a certain point, I don't know if this is a trope of the '90s or just a continuous trope where it's like, "Ah, yes, the woman wants revenge from being raped," and it's the yeah. same thing over and over. I'm so tired, Rach. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get that it's like one of the the strongest. Uh, most maybe not strongest but the most visceral uh way to explain just how bad the that you know the patriarchy is and like what kind of societies that that treating women like property or as lesser beings like how what that means uh Mm. to as an individual I mean, we've got that throughout, right? Like, yeah, like we have people being raped, but we also have people being traded off as goods in exchange for debt and Mm -hmm. we have women who give up all of their wishes and dreams in order to do you know in order to have children and mind the manor and you know right so they're what what's are they any different than slaves like i think it's not not at all subtle that we have the we have these all these parallel stories of women uh, contrasted with all of these, all of these different stories of slavery and how bad it is, and how it makes people go insane, or you know, how wrong it is, and how this, like how, like the experience of it, like being a slave and shipping a slave and buying a slave, all of those things. It's like, well, yeah, but that's how you treat women, like, right? And really it's under, none. yeah, it's under the mask of oh, but we give them their comforts. Yes, we value them. We treat them well. And yes. I think that's also the insidiousness of someone like Greg Tanira, who is a good man and who, uh, you know, according to the culture that he is in, you know, he has wealth. He is willing to share it. He is, he wants to get married. He wants to have kids and he is perfectly fine with letting his wife mind all of that stuff while he's out making all the money. Right, like Althea's an outlier and she needs another outlier. Mm-hmm. Paragon, just kidding, Brash and Trump. Oh, Brash and... <laughs> Amber. 
Althea and Amber, I ship it. That would be good. Yeah. That would not. That wouldn't. That would not be bad. Where's my sapphic ladies at? When does uh, what's her name show up? Has she shown uh, up already? What's she her has. name? What? <laughs> Sorry, she's I've... in like she's in so many books, and I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. I've had so much to drink. Realm. I can't remember people's names. So if anyone listens to Fire and Lunch, <laughs> this is not new. I'm always like, that guy. The guy with the eye. The guy it's with the like... weird tooth. And they're, Or I'll be like, the guy with the hair. And they'll be like, Jon Snow. And I'm like, yeah. Him. <laughs> the book was this big the and it was blue. <laughs> exactly. It's the same. I'm that guy. I'm the guy who comes in and is like, I'm looking for a book. <laughs> I found it in that corner on a table. <laughs> Realm of the Elderlings. Amber's friend. Let's see what that gets me. Amber's friend. Amber's special friend. Amber's friend. The, the slutty one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just pictured her coming in and Amber looking up from whittling and being like, what's up, slut? What's up, slut? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. This was the best spoiler section yet. Oh, let's see. Jack. Oh, Jack. Yes, and they all room together. Yes. Yep. Okay. I I feel like Jack has already shown up in these books, and I've just not remembered her. I don't think so. No, she shows up when Althea gets back to Bingtown, and she's hanging out with Amber, and everyone's like, Amber, the one that is living in her shop with that woman? Ooh, yeah. (laughs) That foreign woman from from the six duchies? That woman? With the muscles? That hot woman? They're just very good lady (laughs) friends. Wow, best friendship. Oh, look at this. All right, so the Realm of the Elderlings wiki says that Jack is mm. noted for having a remarkable sexual appetite. Mm. Remarkable, really. Well, well. But she is very tall and strong. So far, I'm just hearing a description of Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, like... Yes, because Jack hits Jack hits on Althea when she's a boy. Oh yeah, that's gonna be good. Okay. Give me lesbians. Where are they? Jack. But that's the thing about Jack is like she's constantly banging dudes. Yeah, what's going on? But she gives off such lesbian energy, so I don't get it. Maybe she's bisexual. And is timid with women because women are pow- But she's so strong. I women would swoon. Well, she's a six duchies woman and they have muscles. Mm. Mm. Because they're allowed to be anything they want to be. A- any menial labor, they can do it if they want. <laughs> it truly is the best place to live. Can't wait for Jack. That's my hashtag. Anything else? No. Sorry, I'm lost in just visions of muscly women. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, cool. Then I will talk to you later. See you soon. All right, Get bye. some rest. Bye.